Welcome to the Los Angeles Sentinel. Today, we're going to talk faith and redemption. Uh, Bob Marley wrote a song uh, called Redemption Song. And if this story doesn't reflect the lyrics of that song, I don't know it will. But I'm going to let this gentleman tell you about it. His name is Pastor Michael Barrett, and he is the author of Choices, Trust, Loyalty, Betrayal, Redemption, and Forgiveness. Welcome to the LA Sentinel. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Anderson. And... Uh... Thanks for the invite. It's truly a blessing. Um, this book, Choices, tell us about it. Uh, it's, it's a story of redemption from the streets to the feds to the pulpit. Um, originally from Harlem, New York. And okay. I, I, at the age of eight years old, my mother moved me out here to Inglewood, California. And I grew up in L.A. I grew up in Inglewood, Hartham. Um, Shout out to my school, Luzinger. Went to we Luzinger. actually went to Luzinger together. <laughs> yes, didn't know we, went, it. <laughs> we went to school together, didn't know it. And, um, you know, I graduated from high school and I went back to New York. And the reason why my mother moved me out here was to get me away from my father's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so she brought me out here at the age of eight years old. Um, but she would always allow me to go back to New York for the summer. And it was in those moments of going back that I had a desire uh, for the very things that she tried to get me to mm -hmm. come away from. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what were some of those things? My father was uh, a street hustler. My, okay. my father was very well known in the streets of Harlem in the Bronx, New York. And um, he was uh, that American gangster story. Oh, wow. And my mom, at the age of 20 years old, back in the 70s, got caught up with him. Mm -hmm. And um, once she saw that's not what she wanted for her son, she moved me out here to Los Angeles. And my father went to prison in 1981. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I'll never forget, I was in uh, junior high school. No, I was actually in elementary school. And he escaped from prison in New wow. York. And uh, lo and behold, one day I'm riding my bike down the street right off of Crenshaw on 109th Street. And a car pulls up and it's my dad. And uh, I didn't know he escaped from prison. All he said was, son, uh, get in. And so he was with my godfather. I got in the car, and uh, we went somewhere far to some friends of his house. Next thing I know, he was calling my mom and says, my son is going back with me. And literally the next day we were on an airplane, went back to New York. My father had an after-hour club in New York, and um, that was the last time I seen my father uh, on the streets. Okay, so... <laughs> Your father escapes from prison. Yes, he escapes from prison. He gets to California. Yes. Brings you back to New brings York. Brings me back to New York. Okay, so what happened? That he was rearrested? He was rearrested, re um, but when he brought me back, I went to my aunt's house, which was his sister. Right. He had got rearrested, so I went back to L.A. with my mom, and I grew up out here. But again, my mom would let me go back to visit my father in prison. And I had the type of father, he didn't say, you know, we're sitting on a prison uh, uh, visiting room. He didn't say, you know, son, look at my mistakes, you know, take this path. He right. would encourage me and be like, look, this is who you are, you know, who I am. This is who you are. And you're going to be like this. So he poured that into me. And as I got older, there was a desire for me to actually go back you know, to New York. So I graduated from high school, 1990, from Luzinger, and I went back to New York. And friends of mine from Luzinger, from school, went back with me, and I found myself in a big uh, conspiracy. I found myself falling right in the footsteps of my father. Mm -hmm. He was in state prison, and um, I wound up opening up a recording studio, a uh, soul food restaurant. I got out of the life that I was in, in the streets, hustling, and some other people got caught by the feds, federal government, and they put the federal government on me, 
and I was arrested and found myself in the midst of an indictment and I went to trial and lost and I received uh, 21 years and 10 months in which I ended up doing 18 years and three months straight inside of a federal prison. Wow, so you get out of prison. Yes. And what happened next? Well, while I was in prison, uh, that's when the redemption happened. Okay. Uh, nine okay. years into my prison sentence, I felt the very things that my mother was telling me, it began to echo even louder. You know, okay. you know how it is when you have to sit you know, sit to the no, side. I know well, I mean, I know you, you know, if you get on punishment, <laughs> look, if you're on punishment and you have to sit, you get to reflect on your actions, right, right, you know. Right. And so I believe that's what it was for me. Like, God used that situation to really sit me still. Because I, I was a mess at a younger age. He had used that to sit me still at, at a young age. And I was able to reflect on some of the choices I made in life. And so nine years into that prison sentence, that's when I got that revelation of this is not who you are. You know, God has a greater purpose for you. And I believe that right there was my moment of the epiphany that there is something greater for me. You know, the life that I was living, wanting to walk in my father's footsteps, that's not what God has for me. There is something greater. And I began to desire that wanting something greater. And that's when my life began to change. So did you start your ministry in prison or you just found the Lord in prison? No, I actually started the ministry in prison. What was the I, name of the ministry? Not like the church, you know, just me being called by God got in it, ministry. And I didn't know what pastoring was. I didn't come from that background. Did you witness in, in, in prison? Oh, I tell you this, I witnessed to inmates. I witnessed to staff. Okay. I witnessed so much, even so to the warden herself, uh, Fast forward, I got a transfer out here. I finished up uh, like three years at Lompoc, and then I got transferred to MDCLA, which is downtown LA, the federal building. And that was my last three years where I served. And I was the warden's orderly, and I would minister to the warden. And the warden actually let me out the prison to preach at a church for four hours, come back into the prison. And I was able to do really? that two times. And just recently at Love and Unity over in Compton, we did a, a big conference, and it was called Life Before and After Prison. And shout out to the Sentinel, because we ran an article inside of the Sentinel. It was a great success. And I was on the panel with uh, Holly Mitchell, Supervisor Holly Mitchell. I was on the panel with the warden, who actually let me out of the prison to wow. preach. Uh, myself and a few other ex-offenders and it was really a testament of that redemption to show it's not where you start but it's how you finish right right, right. so tell us about your church now my church is called do right christian church located at 9815 south of vermont um, we do community outreach uh just I, I don't like the fact that a lot of people look at the church and look at pastors as if they just have always arrived, you know? Right. And that's one of the things I always tell people. And I found myself being transparent in a way that would make a person feel comfortable. No matter where you are, um, God has the ability to reach you. Right. And I think that sometimes we think that, well, like for me, the, the lifestyle that I was living when I was in the streets, it was like, okay, I done did so wrong so much. You know, God can't use me. And God said, no, I can use you. Look at Moses, look at David. And he began to point people out that I've seen, even personal in my life, people that I've seen whose lives had taken on that transformation 
conversation and it was genuine, not just something because they did because they were in prison, but truly a change happened in their life and in their heart. And so for me, um, that's something that I want people to realize because they have this wall up like, you know what, well, that's for you, it's not for me because of where I've been or what I've done. And when I approach people, I let them know, hey, listen, if God could save somebody like me, he could save you. And so that, that brings me joy to see people's lives transform no matter where they are, where they're at. Uh, just recently, I was preaching a Sunday and sharing a testimony. We had a young lady. I eulogized her mother's service, mm -hmm. and she came up, and she was just so grateful and so thankful. And she said, you know, Pastor, I have been to prison. I've been shot and this and that. And she didn't think that a pastor could relate to her situation. Right, right. And she said, by meeting me, uh, and my wife, it just made her open up and um, she began to start coming to the church. And so that's what it's really about, not making people feel that they have to have this wall up because it's not between me and you, it's between you and God. Right, right, and right. so we don't want to put this wall up as pastors and leaders and teachers and prevent people from access to God. Right. Let God deal with their filth, not me. Right, 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 right. All right, so so you have your ministry, you have your church, and then you have this book to extend the ministry. Um, I want to break down the words real briefly. So the name of the book is Choices. Why did you pick the word trust? Well, trust is something that when, when I was in the streets, I felt uh, an allegiance to that lifestyle that I chose. Mm -hmm. And so the trust was betrayed based on the friendship that I had um, with people mm -hmm. and I realized that that trust was a street trust right. and so the trust that I talk about now is that trust with God to where people may have done you wrong or people may have done certain things but you can trust God you can open up and let God in you know mm -hmm. what I mean and so many times we are broken because of the breakdown of a trust of trust with other individuals we put God in that same box in that same category and so we don't trust God we don't believe that God will help us we don't believe that God uh, can provide for us because of how other people have done us and so I've watched friends that I took care of that I fed I've watched them during my trial get on the stand and point the finger and say there he is right there and for me that did something on the inside and and God had to take what was on the inside and just, you know, get rid of all of that junk and allow me to really grow from that and see that behind everything, even God allowed this for me to come out a better person. Okay, so we have choices, trust, loyalty. Uh, loyalty, uh, loyalty is you giving you, you know, um, and, and when I talk about trust, loyalty, you know, um, redemption, it, it's basically the phases that I had to go through in my life. So that loyalty for me, my loyalty now is different than the loyalty that I had in the streets because I found myself caught up in a lifestyle willing to give my life for that. And in willing to give my life for that, I really didn't understand what that was. Right, right, right. Because it's a smoke screen and everybody's chasing this false reality. And then when the party is over and the smoke clears, you really see what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I said, wow, I was willing to give my life for this. In other words, um, I didn't uh, take the easy route and, 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 and tell on people or anything like that. I took my time and I went on my way and I came out a better person. But I could have, you know, taken that route and then that would not have made me who I am today, you mm -hmm. know? And I believe that God allowed me to go the path that I went 
so I could become who I am today and people could see that. So my loyalty now, it's like when we say, oh, I love you. Most people don't know what that word means. Right. You know, you just say it. You know, when I was in the street and I met a girl in school, I'd be like, oh, you know what? I love you. I didn't know what that meant. You know, but as I look in my wife's eyes and I talk to her, I love you. And I know what that means now. So when I say it, I mean it and I can back it up. Not just something that you say, but something you live by and the actions that you put behind it. And loyalty is one of those yes. actions. Actions. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about the book Choices. We have choices, trust, loyalty, betrayal. Whew. Betrayal is like the type of betrayal, like a Judas betrayal, right? So in the book, it's like Yes, it's like a Judas betrayal. Okay. And one of the things that I noticed about, now I noticed, um, the betrayal, if you look at it in, in the eyes with Jesus, with Judas, um, Jesus, although he knew Judas was going to betray him, he never treated him any different. Did you do that when you were betrayed? In the beginning, I did. I treated people differently. But I realized in that betrayal, God had a plan. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And so I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And at another service, um, the young lady, she was a key witness against me in my trial. And um, she ended up, years later, her son was murdered in the streets of New York. And they reached out to me and asked me, could I come to eulogize the funeral? Wow. Yes, wow. Why and did she choose you? Did she tell you? They knew I'm a pastor now. My life had changed. And I knew her son when he used to crawl around my house. That's how close we were. But when all of this happened, you know, people went their ways and had to do what they had to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was gone, went to prison with that bitter heart. And then God had to do that work. And so when they reached out to me, um, I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I went back to New York. I eulogized the service. And never once did I get up there to take a shot at, oh, you did this to me, you did that. It wasn't about me no right. more. It was just really about God allowing me that opportunity for people that once saw me in this light to see me in a whole other light. Got it. All right. So we have choices, trust, loyalty, betrayal, redemption. That, that, that to me is... Now the... see, all the other ones you said, <laughs> woo! <laughs> This one, I saw a little joy. No, no, but <laughs> because the redemption is really what it's all about. You know, um, sometimes when I share stories, people, you can take it, you'll hear people talk about stories and you'll think they're glorifying things that they've done in the past. But I don't tell the story to glorify things that I've done in the past, but I just show you how you can be in this predicament, in this situation, but if God's hand is in it, then redemption is the outcome. Right. And, and for me, when I realized that God had a greater purpose, that brought the joy. That it, it wasn't, you know, when you're caught up in a certain lifestyle, it's like, okay, you got money, you got women, you got material things. And so that becomes your happiness. But for me now, it's just the redemption of who I was to who I am that brings me joy. And mm. and for that, I, I am happy. I'll, I'll continue to laugh. I'll continue to bubble on the inside because God could have said, you know, that's it for you. I'm done with you. And, right. and, and just left me to myself. But he saw fit, not this person or that person. He saw fit. Even though the judge sentenced me to the time I was sentenced to, out of that, God saw fit to redeem me. You know, and for that redemption, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful because, again, he gives me a second chance. And the book Choices itself, 
when I was upstate New York, because that's where I caught my case at, mm -hmm. a town called Binghamton, New York, which is upstate New York. I'm originally from Harlem, New York, but if you go about three hours away, and we basically like took over a town, and I named, we, we had bars, and, and I named one of the bars Choices. And when I put that sign up there and it said Choices, I had no idea that mm -hmm. Choices would lead to a book that would talk about my life redemption story you know and the bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so that's what i'm doing now just sharing my testimony right. it's redemption. so um, interesting when you said choices um i read this book called in search of satisfaction by mm -hmm. j california cooper okay. but one of the most uh the things in the book that struck out to me was her definition of choices, choices. Mm -hmm. And her her definition was God saw fit for me to learn, for me to thrive. Mm -hmm. And then the devil saw my lust for this right. and my lust for that. And what would dictate my life mm -hmm. is what path and what choice I right. took. And so right. when I'm thinking about all of these things that you're saying, mm -hmm. it's like it's really about choices and even how you take the bitter and turn it into something sweet. Right. Um, the last one, which you kind of touched on when you talked about betrayal, but um, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I, I think that forgiveness is more so for you than it is for the other person. How do you forgive, though? I mean, like, you know, everybody talks about forgiveness, but how do you, like, let it go? Um, that's a work that has to take place on the inside. Uh -huh. And when, when the young lady reached out to me and asked me could I eulogize her son's funeral, when I went back to do that, that was literally the first time I physically saw her. Um, the last time I saw her was when she sat at the prosecutor's uh, on the stand, pointing a finger at me. And um, there was no Ill, Ill will or malice or anything in my heart. And that's only because God did that work in my heart. You know what I mean? Like in other words, in, a, in, my, in my own strength, I couldn't find that forgiveness, right. but God did that work in my heart to where I realized, you know what, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's a scripture in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Joseph brothers, they betrayed him and, you know, they threw him in the pit. When he was in the pit, um, when Potiphar's wife accused him and caused him to go into prison, um, all of that was a part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. And in the end, when he saw his brothers, he was in a position to actually retaliate, right. do the same damage they did to him, but he realized the revelation of God's hand behind it all. Mm -hmm. So he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good to bring it about as it is this day. And that's how I look at my life. God used all of these different things to put me where I am today. So had these things not happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, And so for that, it's bigger than what happened. Right. You know, God had a purpose. And so many people have been blessed through the testimony that I have. And so many lives have been changed. I've gone um, from mentoring kids in Compton at charter schools to going to the juvenile halls to going to the prisons. And, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the things we just did, we did a um, revival in San Quentin State Prison. Mm -hmm. um, it was a two-day revival. And one of the last members of Charles Manson Gang, he was in there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the first day he came, which was a Friday. Second day he came, which was a Saturday. And he wind up coming to the altar and crying out and asking God to forgive him. And I didn't know who he was. And yeah. people came to me afterwards and said, man, do you know who that was? And I was like, no. They said, that's the last member of the Charles Manson gang. 
uh, the woman got out after 50-something years. Like but, last week. Right, right. Mm-hmm. She got out. But this was the, the one of the guys, and um, God forgave him. And it's in our minds, like, no, don't forgive him. Forgive her. Forgive this one and that one. But to God, <laughs> his forgiveness is for everybody. Mm-hmm. But you have to come and ask for that forgiveness, no matter what you've done. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that's how I see forgiveness. Nobody is beyond God's redemption. God's forgiveness. So who am I to not forgive you? Right. All right. So we're talking about the book Choices, Trust, Loyalty, Betrayal, Redemption, and Forgiveness. When does the book come out? The book is going to be released July 30th. Okay. uh, Officially at 3.30. We're having a book signing at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Cobra City, 4117 uh, Overland Avenue. And I'll personally be there signing the books in order for you to get inside of the event you have to have you a book and uh, we're going to have some uh, food in there we're going to have some music in there we're going to have you know it's a good time and we're going to have a Q&A you know where you'll be able to ask questions a lot of people um, I remember when I met my wife uh, she, she said um, I had my book and it was like on typewriter paper and this said, book right here? yeah the, the, the book and um, she said um, wait how long have you been married? I've been married now 10 years. So, so no, this was on typewriter paper. And when I first released it, this is a rewrite of Choices. Okay, So when it. I first released it, it just was on prison typewriter paper. And so she's seen it, and she was like, you ain't do all that prison time. And, you know, she would ask certain questions and stuff like that. And she said, there's no trace of where you've been and what you've done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's how God works. You know, he doesn't want no residue of what you've done or where you've been. And so for me, that's just a blessing. So it's hard for people to believe that this is who I was based on who I am now. Right, right. So So this is 10 years later, my testimony, because the first uh, release of my book was when I first got out. And this is 10 years later, the work that has happened. Okay, so we have Choices. It's coming out July 30th. And so if somebody wanted to visit your church, tell us where it's at, the website. Can they watch it online as well? They can watch it online. You can watch it online at Do Right Christian Church, 9815 South Vermont. You can also go to Do Right Christian Church. We're on Facebook. You can also go to uh, YouTube, Do Right Christian Church. We're on YouTube. We're on uh, Instagram at Do Right Christian Church. And so, and um, you can you can check us out. We would love to have you. Our services are eight thirty on Sundays and eleven thirty. We have two services. Wow, two so, yes, services. We, we, okay. We, we was working with our eight thirty. Got a little crowded, and so we had to start another service at eight thirty. And so, um, well, God's that is amazing yeah, because God's most churches good. had to downsize yes. to one service yes. because of the pandemic after and everything like that. Okay. And I literally became the pastor that year that COVID was getting ready to happen. And so we had to go through that whole phase. And, um, but God, you know, maneuvered us through and here we are still standing and it's been a blessing. The church has been growing and I just shout out my church. I have an awesome, awesome church team, uh, leaders and ministers and men and women of God that just love the Lord. And so I pray, you know, if you want to come join us, feel free to join us. We're not your traditional, you know, you got to be dressed up. You got to look like this. You got to look like that. No, come as you are and let God do the work. And uh, he'll have the last say. Well, thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Uh, thank you for Giving us some, some faith, some redemption, yeah. and some hope. Yes, yes. So we appreciate yes. for you coming. And thanks for checking in with the LA Sentinel.